Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. Well, somebody, if you love the name of Jesus and you know what it means, why don't you just shout right now? Amen. God is just amazingly good. Well, I want to welcome everybody to City Church. If you're watching online, a big welcome to you as well. And uh, why don't we all just take our seats. On the way down to your seat, you can say hi to uh, whoever you're next to. And thank you, amazing worship team. We'll have you back before you know it. I really look forward to Sunday mornings. And I look forward, I always look forward to church, whether I'm preaching or, or, or not. I just believe it's that punctuation mark in the middle of the, uh, uh, well, the end of the week or the beginning of the week, whichever way you look at it, where you can just take a pause out and just really focus your time on God and uh, really just spending time with Him, just worshiping and, and meeting the other amazing people in a worship service like this. And so I really encourage you, wherever you're at, if you're watching online, find yourself a church. You won't find a perfect one anywhere. I'd like to say that we're all perfect here, and if you come here, you've found you know, perfection, but uh, not going to happen. It's, uh, we're all works in progress. So just got to give people grace. Give people the same grace in the same space that you want. And uh, if you want grace and space in your life for your mistakes and for your imperfections, you want those to be overlooked, start with overlooking somebody else's. In fact, everybody else's. And, uh, and that, that's a re- really good starting point for attending church and just coming in and worshiping God. Well, we are in uh, a series called Uncharted. We're in week four uh, of an amazing series because we are in uncharted times right now. There's no script for any of this. Anybody know that? You wonder what's coming next. We kind of As we approach each week, we kind of think, okay, today, this week's going to be the week that something's going to change for the positive, hopefully, but we are really in uncharted times, and so we've called this series Uncharted, and I really encourage you to jump on our YouTube channel or Facebook if you're watching there, or uh, we've got podcasts, so if you don't want to see the preacher, you just want to hear the word, then uh, put put your earbuds in, go to the gym have a workout with work, work uh, out with God's word, and uh, really enjoy what we've already done. But this is week four, and I've called this week Uncharted Confidence. Confidence. I'm going to give you a definition for confidence because I believe it's one of the most misunderstood words in the dictionary, and, and it's very important that we know what it is that we're talking about. And so co- confidence means, means this. It means the feeling or belief you can rely on someone or something. Other words for confidence are trust, self-assurance. So confidence is a word that encompasses so many things. Uh, it, it encompasses both uh, peace and, and power. Uh, we can talk about confidence and we can see that there is courage in confidence and yet there's also a completeness or a comforting part of, of confidence, being confident. It's, 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 it encapsulates really the essence or, or the character of Christ in us because confidence is not something that we just have out there, something that we do or we work it up, but it, it's, it becomes part of our character. Confidence is something that we enter into uh, challenging times or uncharted times. We enter into those times 
with confidence. Now, there are different kinds of confidences, and there's two main ones. One of them is self-confidence, and the other is having confidence in God. So let's just start with self-confidence for a moment, because a lot of times when people find faith, they tend to look at self-confidence as this, this evil thing. And, and there is a side of it that you, you want to push it aside. There, there is a side of it that, that isn't appealing at all. We'll look at that. But self-confidence is actually not a bad thing. I know I'm in a worship service. I know that you're all faith people, hopefully. Uh, I know that a lot of you are going, self-confidence, no! What is, what is he talking about? All right, for a moment. Let's just, let's just say that you're about to go on a flight somewhere and, uh, you know, the plane's going to take off pretty soon. And, and you hear, as you're walking in, you hear from the cockpit conversation, pilot, co-pilot, and you hear the pilot say these words, I'm not really confident in flying this particular plane. Uh, you know, I've kind of looked at it. I failed most of the tests. I didn't get the comp competencies. Right, so, you know, I'm not really confident. What about you, uh, Susie? Well, you know, I, I too am not confident in the 737. I fly the 747s, but we're in a 737. I, I I'm not very confident either. Get off the plane <laughs> really quickly. Or think for a moment about uh, you're going in for surgery. Maybe you, you're gonna have, you know, brain surgery or something, and you hear, you know, as you're falling under, under anesthetic, you hear the surgeon go, I'm not really confident in this kind of operation. I've never done one before. And, you know, I know that the knife could slip or whatever, whatever. Wake up! Wake up and try your best to get out of the surgery. See, self-confidence is not a bad thing. You want to do everything you can to study. You want to do everything you can to get your skills up. You want to do everything that you can to train. If you're in the military or something and the rest of your guys aren't confident in something, don't go in the battle with them. You're probably going to die. And watch your back. There's so many areas where we need to have self-confidence. The trouble is that sometimes self-confidence shifts into something called arrogance. And a lot of times people look at confident people and they automatically categorize them as arrogant people. Well, there's a big difference between those two and quite uh, in a nutshell, the difference between being a confident person or self-confident if you want, uh, and arrogance is when you are the star of the story. When you're the center of the universe, then you've got arrogance going on. I remember growing up, I, I like boxing. My wife hates boxing. And uh, we were, you know, we were, I was watching some things on Roberto Durand and, uh, you know, famous fights that he had with Sugar Ray Leonard, you know, blast from the past back in the 70s slash 80s. And uh, Roberto Durand grew up in the ghettos in Panama, Panama City, I think it was. And, you know, he just had attitude because he had to fight his way out of all those things. And, and, and that golden, I call it the golden uh, age of boxing, because there were just some, you know, in the welterweight, anyway, if you're a boxer, you know what I'm talking about, I'm talking your language, you know, Thomas the Hitman Hearns from Detroit City, and, and uh, you know, uh, Marvin Hagler from Boston, I think he was, and, you know, they just had the, the four kings, they called them, and, and they had so much confidence going into fights. The king of all of them in the heavyweight division was Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali had so much confidence in his skills, his ability, that he would pick the round he would, he would, he would uh, pick the round, he was going to win the fight, knock the guy out. And usually he was pretty right. 
It was quite surprising after a while if it didn't happen that way. But you know, he would yell out, famous, I am the greatest. There's nobody better than me. Uh, kind of like self-confidence gone a little bit over the edge, maybe into arrogance. I don't want to judge the man, but uh, you know what I'm talking about. God wants you to have that kind of confidence. He wants you to, however, not rely on your ability. There are certain things, and because we're in uncharted right now, we're walking in the areas right now where self isn't going to cut it, quite frankly. Well, our, we want to get skilled up. We want to do the right thing. We want to practice the right things. We want to uh, develop every, in every area that we can. But there is a limit to self. There's a place where you are going to run out. Your abilities just are not going to cut the challenges that we're facing right now as we're looking at uncharted times. So I want to really focus on, on God and, and, and confidence in God. That's really where we're going this morning. What do you do when you don't have the confidence and you're facing a situation and, and you just know this thing is going to beat me up big time? I want you to go with me for a moment back to your school days. I don't know what kind of school days you had. Mine were very uh, you know, tumultuous. They were uh, challenging. I, I, I you know, kind of grew up in a, a mixed family. There was you know, divorces and things going on. I kind of was like a little pawn in the, in the whole scheme of things. I, I had no control over you know, where I went to school and, and uh, you know, the whole thing. And, and I had a very low self-esteem. And I, I wasn't a bully. I, I, was, I was the kind of guy that, that, that had a soft nature and, and that bullies would target. They would see me as, okay, you, you beauty, I'm going to have some fun with this little guy. And so, you know, I got picked on uh, a, a little bit because of my self-nature. And, and when you get picked on, and you're, a, you're a, in primary school, let's just say, you know, elementary school, you're, you know, six, seven, eight years old or something like that, and, and, and a bully puts a little circle target on you and goes, I, I'm, I, I'm going to pick on this kid because it's going to make me look bigger than I am and uh, he's not going to fight back, and et cetera, et cetera. You know, what are you going to do when somebody's picking on you? What are you going to do when you're the target of a bully? Are you going to tell the teacher, that doesn't work? <laughs> are you going to tell your mom? Well, you should, and you could tell the teacher, and maybe today things have changed, but that was like a death sentence back in my day. You go run into your, your mommy, or you go run into a teacher, you go run into the school, uh, you know, they're going to come back, the bully's going to get called in, reprimanded, now go out and change, be different, and then you are going to get a cane, and you're going to get a hiding worse than, than ever. Everybody's going to know uh, that you were a snitch. What do you, what's the best thing to do when, when you got, got a bully looking at you? I, I think the best thing that you can do is you find a friend that's bigger than the bully. You understand that? Find the meanest person, no matter what, if you got to buy him candy bars, ice creams, uh, carry his books, whatever you got to do, find somebody bigger than the bully and make friends with them. Well, when it comes to confidence, when your confidence runs out and there's a bully in your world, and, and we've got opposition beyond uh, where we're at right now and capable of, the best and most wise thing that you can do is find somebody bigger than the bully. And when we talk about confidence, we're talking about confidence in God. We were just singing about the name Jesus. Whew. You know, there is a name of a person. 
that is way bigger than your circumstances, that is way bigger than greater is he that's in you than, than he that's in the world. You know, there are so many scriptures that you can call upon the name of the Lord and you will be saved. The, the name of the Lord is a strong tower, Psalms uh, says. And, and the righteous, those that are upright in him, those that would stand up and say, okay, uh, I, I've, I've run out of confidence in me. I'm turning my confidence now over to him who is greater. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. Aren't you glad that there is a name greater than, than every name that, of every bully that you're facing right now? Aren't you glad that those that call upon him and you can call upon him are, are safe? Aren't you glad that we have one that is far greater than everything that we're facing in uncharted times. I am so glad that, that I can call upon him, and I do. And I want to encourage you this morning with this message because there is some, someone that you can rely on that is greater than all of these circumstances. So I want to go with, uh, I want to just give you a few things this morning to help you when it comes to confidence because maybe, maybe you've lost your confidence. Like I did in the natural, I fell off my bike. I like to cycle. And, um, you know, it's been a few years. I couldn't tell you exactly how many, but beautiful day like today. It's sunny outside. I was cycling with a friend, and I came off the bike on the way back, actually, and shattered my whole elbow. You know, I went, almost went into shock. Somebody was there, saw the accident, scraped me up, called the ambulance. They came. Luckily, uh, there was medication that you could inhale, they could inject, I could ingest it and took the pain away. And, uh, you know, I think I confessed some things in the ambulance maybe, uh, you know. <laughs> but, you know, thank God for that. But when I got my elbow back and it's full of metal and everything was put back together and I started, you know, going to the physio and everything, I, I was really afraid to get back on that bike. I remember the bike was kind of looking at me going, are you going to rod me or am I going to rust here? What, what are we going to do? And, and, and I'm looking at that thing and I'm like thinking about the exit. I'm thinking about coming off. I'm thinking about how painful that was and, and what could have happened to me if a car had come. You know, I could, could have gotten killed. And, and I started thinking about that. But there was something in me that said, you've got to get your confidence back. And, and the way to get your confidence back when you've lost it is, quite frankly, get back on the bike. So I know I might be talking to somebody here right now, and you've lost it in one area or another. Maybe you've you stepped out in, in, in your business. And I've done that before. And, and the GFC hit first. You remember the GFC 2008? I was watching uh, something on Elon Musk, and you know, amazing, building rockets to eventually go to Mars, and electric cars, and the hyperlink to solve all, all of the, uh, the traffic situation in Los Angeles, and, DC and other places in America, and, and, and he's just coming up with all these things. And this interview uh, on uh, 60 Minutes America, they're, they're saying, how do you go from rocket ships to electric cars to, you know, all these crazy things and everything? And, and did you think these things were going to work? And he said, no. He said, I, I had my doubts. And, and he talked about a time where he almost went under back in 2008. It was like three days before Christmas and everything hit all at once. He, he was on his fourth attempt to launch one of these rockets for SpaceX. If the, if the launch didn't go, that was the end of him. He put all of his money. He's now the richest man in the world. Now what happened? 
you know, he kept his confidence. He didn't lose the confidence. It wavered a bit, but when, when, you, when he had three failures with these rockets, he lost the fourth one. When you, when you have a failure in business, get up again. Have another go. If you've had a failure in relationships, if you think you failed with your children, uh, all, all of these areas of life, it's so easy for us to look at our failure, to look at the time we fell off the bike and, and not get our confidence back. It's so easy just to give up. Well, I'm here to say this morning, you're in a good place. If, if, if you're about to give up, or maybe you have given up, or maybe you, know, you need to get your confidence back, I, I, my, my word for you is get back on the bike. Just get on your bike, not get on your bike and ride off, but get on your bike and have another go. And when it comes to the things of God, I've fallen off my bike spiritually before. It really hurt. It hurt in, a, in another way than, than uh, what physical things do. But uh, there's, there's a confidence that's far greater than your self-confidence. And that's what we're here to tap into this morning. Now, there's something about confidence. The, the, the first meaning is, mean, meaning is to rely or to trust on someone or something. But there is a second meaning of confidence, if you look that up in the dictionary. And it's this, it's to confide in somebody. It's to share mutual trust or secrets. Uh, uh, you ever hear, and you've probably said this before, but you know, I'm sharing this in confidence. It means, I don't want you to tell anybody. This is between me and you. Zip it up. It goes no further. Do I have your confidence in this? Yes. You got my word? I won't tell a single soul about what we're talking about. That should be true uh, of true friendship and the body of Christ. But it's also true of God. That if you ask anything according to his will, that you can run boldly to the throne of grace in time of need, that you've got a friend that sticks closer than a brother, that you've got one that, that you don't have to worry about his trust and him blabbing it all over heaven. Oh, guess what I found out, you know, about so-and-so. No, 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 no. He is for you, not against you. Our God's character is worth trusting in. You can confide in him. And so that definition of trust when it comes to God confidence, I just think it's just gold. You can talk to God about anything, that you can come boldly to the throne of grace. Confidence becomes part of your character, and your confidence is the courage that you take into the uncharted because of your relationship with God. Your confidence is also part of your testimony. Now, your confidence is a sign to the unbeliever that what you're saying is true. Uh, I want to give you a few scriptures here, but we're going to, I'll probably be paraphrasing most of these, but they'll probably come up as well. Philippians 1.28, listen to what Paul has to say here. Philippians 1.28 uh, uh, and 30, verses 28 and 30. Listen to this. This is a man that's being persecuted. I mean, he is in uncharted times. He's thrown in prison. He's getting beat up. The religious people are after him. You know, the Roman, mighty Roman government wants to kill him. Everybody wants to kill Paul. But he's, got, he's God's chosen vessel. In verse 28, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. Now, that's easy to read that. But if you stepped into his life and saw what, who it was that was opposing him and who wanted to kill him, you'd go, man, Paul, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you could have any confidence without being frightened in any way to those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved 
and that by God. For it is very granted to you on behalf of Christ that not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for, oh, we don't want to talk about that bit, but also to suffer for him. Verse 30, since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had and now hear that I still have. All, all the things that, that you go through, Paul writes from a perspective, look, I've been through probably far worse. Talk about uncharted times, I've been through ridiculous uncharted times. Talk about persecution, yeah, you're going to get persecuted. If you're not following Jesus, probably you won't, but you won't avoid trouble. And, and, and Paul's going through all this, and he writes this, and, and he's in a place where he's in prison, and, and, and he's saying, look, there's uncertainty that tries to undermine confidence all the time. What's going to happen? What, what, what if I die? Uh, doubt, fear. One of the biggest things to knock you off your bike when it comes to confidence is sin consciousness. We're all going to sin, but there's a difference between practicing sin and, and making a mistake. Evil people practice sin. That's, that's called evil. You understand that? Making a mistake is not, does not mean you're an evil person, but if you, when you go to pray, the devil will come in and you'll go, you can't talk to God about anything because you, you just stuffed up. You know what you did. Uh, you know what you did yesterday, today, whatever. Uh, you can't talk to God. So he stops you from going to the throne of grace in time of need through something called sin consciousness. consciousness. What is that? What is that? That, that arrow, what is that assignment assigned to do? Its assignment is to stop you from having confidence that God is good in your heavenly Father. It's to short circuit the conversation that needs to happen. It's to stop you from confiding in him and sharing things. He knows it anyway. You might as well just get open and say, dear God, I need to be restored. And you said in 1 John 1.19, I think it is, uh, that if I confess anything, <laughs> All I got to do is confess, and it says he is faithful and just to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I think about fear. Fear is one of the greatest underminers of, of confidence or rejection. All of these things are huge. That's why in Hebrews 10, uh, the writer says this in Hebrews 10.35. Listen to this. So do not throw away your confidence. Don't throw it away. It will be richly rewarded. King James Version, which I memorized it in. Cast not away your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. How, how confident are you right now that whatever it is that you're facing, that God's going to take you through it? Again, you know, that could be anything from business to relationships to uh, conquering sin, habits in your life, all of these things. How confident are you right now? Or have you cast away your confidence? Have you basically taken off the garment that says God is able, God has got my, got my righteousness is God. I take that off, throw it away, and now I'm just going to waller in self-pity or something and go away wounded and, and think, well, there's no hope anyway. Get your confidence back. You got to take it back. How confident are you? You got to get it back. Let's go get, let's just get seven things into you and then we're going to close uh, right now. I want to give you seven things that you need to know to build confidence. Are you ready for that? Because you're going to have to fly with this and fly with me. Number one, things you need to know. 
I already talked a little bit about this. We're going to bomb that target again, though. You need to know someone bigger than your bully is for you. When you don't know what to do, know who to go to. You know, one of the things we used to say in the playground, whenever, uh, you know, you challenge somebody like that, so I want to beat you up. And common reply was, you and whose army? Did they say that in Australia? I don't know. Yeah, you and whose army? Well, I'll tell you whose army. The God of the universe has got legions of angels that are there to minister on my behalf. That's whose army I'm talking about. I'm talking about the, the prayers of the saints. That's whose army I'm talking about. I'm talking about Jesus at the right hand of the Father on high and the Father who ever lived to make intercession for me. That means I got two people at least that run the universe that are praying for me. And the third, the Holy Spirit who's here to comfort me and guide me and take me through life and empower me. I've got all three of the Godhead or the Trinity on my side. That's whose army you've got. That's whose army is for you. You got to get that into your heart. Number two, you need to know that you are complete in him. You are not going to be complete. You are complete. Colossians 2.10. Uh, listen to this. And you are complete in him. Are you in him or are you out of him? Big question, isn't it? In or out? I remember a, a friend of mine, he was uh, involved before he got saved. He got radically saved. His name's Bob Uden. You might remember him, but he was a rat back in South Africa. And he was running some kind of a pyramid scheme back then, pre-Jesus pre days in his life. And they were trying to sell people to put this money into this pyramid scheme. And uh, so he'd get him in the office, he'd try to close the deal, and him and his boss had this, uh, his partner rather, had, had this agreement that right when he's going to close the deal, his boss would come in, and, and his boss would go, oh, Bob, sorry to, to, to interrupt your meeting here. And so he's across the desk from the person that, you know, they wanted to put all this money into this pyramid thing. And, and, and his boss would go, oh, Bob, sorry, sorry, didn't mean to interrupt, didn't know you were in a meeting. He did. But I just wanted to give you your, 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 this week's pay. And he would take out this wad of money with rubber bands wrapped around it and throw it on top of the desk, and it would just kaplunk, kaplunk, kaplunk on the top of the desk in front of the person they were trying to get into the business. And then Bob would lean across the desk and he'd go, so are you in or are you out? Every deal. They closed every deal. And then he was uh, trying to get on a plane to get out of there with Krugerrands gold. And anyway, the officials came on the plane right on the tarmac. It's got some wild stories, but I'll never forget. Are you in or are you out? God says, you are complete in me. I've done, I, I said it's finished on the cross. I didn't say, well, there's a few things, you know, that you guys are just going to have to do to finish the job. I'm finished. He didn't say, I'm finished. He said, it is finished. It's done. What I did on the cross is 100% finished. Finito. Are you in or are you out? Your call. I decided I'm in. I decided that, you know, this is the most amazing thing, that decision that I could ever make. Talk about a confidence booster when you know there is nothing you're going to do to add to the finished work of the cross, to the salvation of Jesus. Just get in for goodness sakes. 
Just step into it. Get back on your bike and start riding for Jesus again. You need to know you are complete, lacking nothing in him. 1 John 5, 14. Now, I've, I've quoted this, but we're going to read it now. Uh, now, this is the confidence that we have in him, not ourselves. This is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Oh, isn't that good news? Your confidence is complete, so you don't need to compete. I'll say it again. When you, when you know that your, conf, your confidence, that he's finished it already, and you're confident in him and his finished work, then you don't compete because you're complete. So many people are competing all the time. They're competing with the fellow Christian. They're competing with you know, everybody else. I'm a better person than you, by the way. You know, I pray more, fasting more. That 21-day prayer and fasting thing, well, I went 22 days. I didn't just give up, you know, uh, a little bit of television, baby. I gave up pizza for the whole 21 days. Look at me. Well, you're a self-arrogant, self-confident, amazing person. Let's just sing Amazing Grace with your name in it, I guess. Confidence is complete. You no longer need to compete. Not with other people. My only competition, quite frankly, is against my own potential. The reason I'm, I'm getting older, like, it's obvious. <laughs> Pictures come up. It's like, was that you, really you? Yeah, it was, was me. Uh, <laughs> but the reason that I push so hard, it's not because I'm competing against anybody else. It's because I know there's more in the tank. I know God's given me a whole lot more, and I know there's more, there's more upside in my life. What about you? Is there any upside? Is there any blue sky? Is there anything called potential? Well, then line it up. Line it up and go hard for it in the power of God. You're, it's not over Red Rover until you declare it is. I, I don't believe, you know, I'm, I'm not going to go there, but, you know, I, I'm not looking at just retiring and doing nothing. I, I, I'm going to keep serving. I'm going to keep racing against what God's given me. I will compete, but only because I'm complete. Strive to be competent, not competitive. Number, number three, if you're taking notes, you need to know that God completes what he starts. This, this couples in with the other one, but how confident are you that God actually finishes his work? You know, Jesus was the son of a carpenter. Imagine going to the carpenter store of Joseph and Jesus, you know. Joseph and Jesus furniture store, custom-made furniture. And, and you walk in there, sawdust everywhere, timber, all kinds of things going on, chisels, hammers, there's you know, Jesus is there, and he's making a chair. And you walk up, you go, man, like, is that, that's going to be an amazing chair you, you, when you finish it. No, I'm not going to finish it. Here, you want, you want it? Give me the money. You, you can take it. Finish it yourself. No, he always completes or finishes what he starts. You are a work in progress. Absolutely. But it's a finished job. God, it's a done deal because God doesn't leave anything undone. He's working on you right now. His power is working on you right now. You are a work in progress. God is not going to say, no, no, I, I, good enough. You can finish the job your way. I don't really care. You know, I'm off on the next person. No. How confident are you that God actually completes what he starts? How confident are you? Uh, I, I believe that, uh, you know, when we look at this, we cannot also help but to look at other people. This is one of the biggest problems with church people. If you're watching and maybe you've 
you know, given up because you lost confidence in the church, got offended or whatever, joined the millions of people out there. The trouble is, is we don't, we, we, we'll often acknowledge that God will complete us. I know God doesn't give up on me. I'll never give, never give up, never give up on, on me. He'll never give up on me. But you, I'll throw stones at you. You know, you piece of rubbish. Out you go with the bin. I knew, I knew you were never, you, you're a loser. You're never going to go anywhere. You know, those words and that attitude should never be uttered because Christ in you is the hope of glory. But Christ in the person sitting next to you, behind you, the preacher, everybody else is also the hope of their glory. He's also going to complete what he started in them. What does he ask for us to do? Pray. Pray from a standpoint of God. I know that just as much as you are going to finish your work that you started in me, you're also going to finish the work in them. So therefore, I'm going to line my mouth up with what your word says, and I'm going to be praying for them. I might not be able to trust them again or whatever's happened, but I'm going to stand where you stand, God. I'm going to look at them and praise God for them and realize that, but for the grace of God, there, there go I. I really got, I, you know, I'm passionate about that, but I'm not going to preach on that much, except to mention it. That being confident is very thing, Philippians 1, 6, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. Somebody goes, I bet you we're going to be surprised at who's in heaven. I hope so. Somebody else has to pipe in and go, I bet you'll be surprised who's not there. Well, I hope that everybody's there that, you know, I've prayed for had something to do with. I'm not going to look at the glass half empty who's not going to make it. I just want to be on God's side and working with God in the greatest endeavor that there is, and that's believing God for souls. Plunder, like Reinhard Bonnke said, we're going to plunder hell, populate heaven. Number four, you need to know that God is always good. See, God's good when your circumstances aren't good. God is always for you. Like I said, Paul was in the fight of his life against the Roman government, the Caesars, uh, all these stinking years in prison, and for him to survive in the middle of not good, not like, like less than not good, in terrible, ter terrible circumstances, Paul writes this. Listen to, what God, listen to what Paul writes here. For him to survive there, Philippians 3, 3 and 4, for it is we who are the circumcision, we who serve God by his spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus, who put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reasons for such confidence. In the middle of all those circumstances, prison, shipwrecks, beatings, the, the, everybody wants to kill him, Paul's not looking at that. He's, he's looking at how good God is to get him out of that and put in his confidence in God. Number five, you need to know that eternity is all that really matters. I like 1 Timothy 6, 12. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life. This, this is not your home. Do you understand that? This space and time, that little bit of dirt that you're walking on every day is not home. If you're in Christ, heaven is your home. Heaven is forever. Heaven is eternal. Pastor, I've never been there. I just, I just don't know what, just 
focus on the fact that this is not eternity. So whatever you're going through in uncharted times, oh, what about, you know, the, the invaders from the north? Or what's going to happen if this happens and blah, 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 blah. I don't want to say who cares. Who cares? <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> because one way or the other, I'm walking out of here. And I'm walking into, and God's got a, new, a plan. There'll be a new heaven and a new earth. All of these things are going to be wiped clean, and God's, God's going to institute what he, what he instituted in the very beginning when he saw the chaos. And, and he, in the beginning, God said, okay, let's create something amazing. It's good, it's good, it's good, it's good. That's going to happen again because God is good. Eternity is what really matters. Paul, never, Paul said this, he says, for me to live is Christ. To die is gain. I think that to have confidence ultimately in anything else is to have no confidence at all. If your confidence is in the economy, who's going to get elected, you know, all these things that we're passing through here, if that's where your confidence is, you might as well have no confidence at all, to be quite honest, because it's all like a vapor. It's just going to pass. Number six, two more. Number six, you need to know that your future is better than your past. How do you know that? Because I know whose I am. Philippians 1, 12 to 14. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me, Paul talking again about persecution, has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard. This is the prison. All the people working there. And to everyone else that I'm in chains for Christ. Verse 14, listen to this. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. They're looking at him and they go, well, you know, we're in uncharted times and, and, and life really does suck when it comes to certain parts of our life. But look at Paul. He chose to go to prison. He chose to stand up. He chose to be a, a voice of confidence in, in, a, in a chaotic world. Look at him. And because of his confidence, they all picked up confidence. Do you know your confidence is your testimony, like I said before. People, it's the biggest testimony that the world has when they look at you to either be a believer or a doubter. If you're falling apart and you're just like them, talking the same junk and full of fear and everything else, then, then why would anybody believe what we've got to talk about anyway? You see... Uh, your confidence your, is your character. It's, it's what people are looking at more than anything else. It is your testament. Number seven, I'd like the worship team to come up, thanks. Number seven, you need to know that your opportunities are greater than the obstacles that you're facing or the opposition. I had this come to me. The harder the grind, the greater the shine. It's like a gemstone. Just go ahead and grind away because it's going to shine like a beautiful diamond. What is it right now in your life? And I want you to uh, you can close your eyes if you want to right now. But what is it in your life that you lack confidence or maybe you've lost your confidence in? Again, maybe your business took a hit. Maybe it was relationships. Maybe it was confidence in, the ch in churches or church or ministers. You serve faithfully, you got hurt, somebody let you down, somebody disappointed you. What is it in your life that's in lockdown right now? We're in lockdown in different parts of the world where people can't go outside and do things freely anymore. 
But your marriage doesn't have to be in lockdown. The kids don't have to be in lockdown. Maybe your body right now is in lockdown because you've got something in you right now that needs a savior. Maybe it's your finances. So what I want to do, man, write this down because this is the key. We're going to put a pulpit in your prison right now. Now, Matt and I have a debate because Matt's the beautiful person that puts this up here for me on the platform because it's pretty heavy. So I need somebody to carry it up, put it down. Different people have done it, done it really well, I might add. But I say, hey, Matt, are you going to put my pulpit up? He goes, well, it's not a pulpit. It's a lectern, I think he's calling it, or something else. It's like a pulpit's like this big thing, you know? That's like in the olden days, the big wooden gigantic thing. You put all your books out on that and everything. This, this is not a pulpit. This is something else. But I want you to put, not a pulpit is in that, but I want you to become a preacher into your world. Wherever there's an obstacle, wherever there's opposition, I want you to put a pulpit in it. I want you to put a pulpit in the middle of your prison, wherever you're in lockdown right now. Whatever, whatever it is right now that you've given up on, you lack confidence, get the pre, I'm a preacher, okay, but you are too. You need to talk into your circumstances the Word of God. And you need to hear yourself and remind yourself and speak what God has to say. Put a pulpit in your prison right now. I want you to stand up with me right now. We're going to have a prayer time, but it's not going to be let's lie down and have a quiet time right now. Wherever you're at right now, you can join in with us if you want to. But I want you to preach the gospel to yourself and, and, and dare to proclaim the gospel without fear. So I want you to say these things after me, if you wouldn't mind. Say this after me. Come on, everybody join in right now. Say, my confidence is in the Lord. I proclaim God's promises. That's pretty good. It's not bad. So your confidence isn't determined by these uncharted circumstances. Your confidence comes from God who's working in you. I want you to say this. Say it with meaning. Come on. I am confident, I'm confident that, he that He who began, began a good work in me, work in me will, complete it. will complete it. Wow. Come on. Do you believe that? Yeah. Oh, come on. Come on. Start to shout. Yeah. I want you to say this with me. Through God, I am able to do all things in myself. I got limitations. But in God, I'm not limited. Because God's not limited. I can do all things through Christ. Come on. That's what I mean. Put a pulpit in your prison. Become a preacher in your world. Proclaim the gospel. It means good news. Proclaim the gospel with those dark shadows and that fear and all this what-if stuff that's going on out there. Just, just get some preach on. Start to, not self-confidence. Again, not bad, but, you know, go to the next level. Go to God confidence with this thing. Every chance that you can, every time you get some negative, discouraging voice in your life, from whoever or 
when you're talking to yourself or whatever, just get a pulpit out. See yourself standing there. Get some confidence to speak into your world and watch what God does. God's amazing. Christianity's called the great confession, not the great suggestion. The good news needs to be confessed. If you confess the Lord Jesus with your mouth and believe in your heart, then you will be saved. If you believe he's alive and that God raised him from the dead, you confess that with your mouth over every situation, you will be saved from that situation. Amen. Come on, somebody. Well, before we go, uh, for those that are online, I just want to say thank you for watching and being part of our service. And I uh, just want to give a chance for you to ask Jesus Christ into your heart. So if that's you right now, you'd like to pray with us, we're going to pray uh, a prayer right now. So I want us all to say this. Say, Dear God, thank you for sending Jesus into my world and saving me. Jesus, I give you my life. Amen. If you prayed that, amen, give him a hand clap. If you prayed that, please, uh, if you're here, please take the time to fill out one of these cards. Also, let us know if, if, if you made City Church, your, your home church. Uh, there's information on here if you want to join uh, a small group or be part of it. We'd like to know about that. So uh, underneath the seat in front of you, you can fill that card out and uh, just place it in the back of the info desk. Uh, others can go online. We have a City Church app. Uh, if you go to our website, that'll pop up. And also, please uh, send us an email. Let us know about your decision for Christ and uh, let us know how this service has helped you. We'd love to hear from you. But God bless you guys. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Amen. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.